Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Ni hao, bonjour, privet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most artistic, interesting, and adventurous people in the world. Everyone has a story, each person a scholar. Fantastic show for today with an incredibly talented and successful guest from Cincinnati, DJ David Wolfield. Going by the name of DJ Fuse Mania, the Cincinnati native is one of the most successful DJs in America. Maybe you've been one of the over 20 million listens to Fuse Mania on Fit Radio, or maybe you're one of his 100,000 followers. You've also heard him on the Kid Craddock Morning Show that's syndicated to over 60 stations nationwide. Or perhaps you know him from the Pitbull Globalization Radio Show on Sirius. Fuse's relationship with music of the moment and music of the past is well-rounded enough to be at home or at any party. With thousands of his own custom DJ edits featured on directmusicservice.com and a boasting style of his own remixes with unique wordplay, he knows how to throw a party. Fuse prides himself by defining and enhancing your nights, moving with the latest trends, but never straying too far from the favorites of the past. Uh, he has a rap sheet of success to wave, including... Caesars Entertainment, Vitamin Water, Red Bull, Saks Fifth Avenue, as well as playing gigs all up and down the East Coast. He remains a favorite and the go-to for bringing the music to the masses. He's also one half of the production duo Tofu Music. He has current residencies at several venues in Cincinnati, but has played all over the Midwest and East Coast. On today's episode, David shares with us how he formats a night and how he uses the relationship with the crowd and the energy of the night to plan out his songs. David and I also discuss the frustrations that came with having nearly all of his gigs canceled in 2020 and how he was able to find new ways to become creative. Lastly, Dave and I have a fun chat about his home of Cincinnati. We talk about a little bit of sports, a little bit of food, and he is someone who is proud of where he's from and he's, and he's proud to rep Cincy and he is definitely an ambassador for the town. Such a, such a fun conversation. We chatted for a long time after the questions were over. Uh, he's someone I, I could talk music with for hours upon hours. I think what makes him successful as a DJ is that he knows current music he knows hip-hop and everything, but it's, he's also a guy who loves going to Elton John concert. And he shares his Spotify top 10, and there's even some Bradley Cooper songs. So his his well-rounded musical interests, I think, are, are one of the main reasons he's been a, such a successful DJ. And on today's episode, he even gives advice on how to make the best request. So consider that a public service announcement on the best ways that one should ask for a song. Thrilled for you guys to meet him. So let's go ahead and bring on talented DJ David Wolfill, and let's learn. David, how have you handled this unusual year? And then emotionally, how did it feel not performing? Oof, this year has been uh, a tough one. I think um, at first, you know, when everything kind of shut down here in March, I was like, all right, two weeks, this will be a nice little break. My <laughs> life's been kind of crazy. So, um, you know, and I, like I said earlier, I had just uh, sold my house and bought this condo. And I was, it was like, oh, okay, I got some time to like move in and kind of, kind of, you know, just take it easy. And then, then it was like a month went by and I was like, all right, you know, come summertime, we'll be back to normal and, you know, things will be good. And then, you know, I think it wasn't until like midsummer where I started going, okay, I, this is going to be around for a while and like, got to kind of start like figuring something out or be accepting to the idea that, you know, that things are going to be different for a while. And it's been hard. Uh, luckily, you know, I uh, work for DMS and I have some that income coming in and then, you know, uh, fit radio as well. And, um, um, 
but the no DJing has really hurt hurt me uh, and my business a lot. Uh, you know, I was playing five nights a week, you know, or I should say five gigs a week at least, you know, day, day gig here and, you know, a night gig and stuff, uh, you know, and that was like a regular week. Some week would be more, some, you know, so it's, it's, it's been a struggle of, of, of balancing and, you know, like with everybody streaming on Twitch and all the DJ streaming, I really learned that like over the years that it's not, and especially with Twitch that it's not so much the DJing that I enjoy anymore is more of the performance. So yeah. it's been tough. I, I definitely miss that. It's like, I feel like a part of me is, is empty right now from, you know, from all that, but I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll get back to it. I, you know, I see stuff in the news and it seems like in other places, as soon as stuff is lifted, people have come out, you know, in mass numbers to go to events and, and stuff. And I'm hopeful that, you know, when that happens here that, you know, there'll be almost like celebration parties and maybe for, you know, the first few weeks or months, even that DJs will be in high demand, <laughs> but who knows? That's just me being hopeful. I think you're right. I think once it does, once bands are lifted, you'll see people out. It'll be a little, probably be a little bit chaotic. So you've had a long, long and successful career as a DJ. In order to do so, you've had to adapt to the many changing of styles. So how do you feel that you've changed as a DJ over the years? And what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started? Ooh, uh, it's tough. But I think, you know, um, I think if I could tell my younger self anything, um, it would just be that don't get so attached to like the music and the style and the fact that like you can like something, but it doesn't have to be like that. Like it doesn't have to be just that, like just play the music for the people play what they want to hear. Don't get so like, Oh, this song sucks. Or like, go get so attached to like not liking something or liking something. Because as soon as I feel like you do that, like you almost, hate what you're doing or you don't want to feel like you hate playing a song just because yeah. the song so like anymore like if i play songs like i don't even care like if it's people consider it it sucks if people think it's good like if it's a if it's a hit i just play it i don't care if it's cheesy i don't i don't care i just yeah. play what gets the job done and i feel like that's the best way to react when did uh, you first realize that it, it's not the songs that you like because i know that djs learn there's a point where they learn the songs that they like is one thing you, you're, you're not DJing for yourself. You're DJing to the masses who don't know the same level of music as you. So how did you learn that lesson? I think it was more just like being in bars and, and clubs and, you know, letting it affect my good time. Like if somebody, if I'm having like a good time and somebody comes up and it's like, can you do this? And you're like, Ugh. Yeah, you yeah. know, like instead of like, I'm like, why am I letting this, yeah. you know, ruin my fun too? Like, and at the same time, it's like, I wouldn't want to be in somewhere and like, like the song and then think about like, why would he not just play? It's just a song at this yeah. point. Like, it's not that serious. And I think sometimes like we forget that, that it's really not that serious. Like, unless like you're in some like really high end, you know, like Vegas style nightclub. Like, I don't think you need to be so much as a, like a selector mm -hmm. as like, you know, it's just more like, let's get the job done. Let's make the bar as much money as possible and keep the night fun. You mentioned about not getting mad, upset about a certain song request. So one of the main things we always hear about DJs is right and wrong ways to ask for a request. So what are the worst ways one can ask for a request? 
Well, I think my uh, worst way is when somebody just like shoves their phone in your face, I yeah. think like doesn't say anything, which yeah. maybe now that's more the uh, appreciated way, like yeah. now with the pandemic and everything. But uh, I just appreciate like if somebody comes up to me and they're just like, hey, um, w- would you mind playing this? Please. Thank you. Uh, do you need anything? Like if you say that, then I'm like, I don't even care. I'll play your song now. Like, thanks for like asking. <laughs> like, that's like the, do you need anything? Can I buy you a shot? And you know what? I always turn it down. I'm like, nope, but thank you for offering. Like, yeah. I really appreciate it. And because of that, I will play your song. But like, yeah. if you come up to me like super entitled or like, this sucks, you should play this. Like, I'm like, mm, probably yeah. not going to play it. Like, it could be like the hottest song out. And until I see you leave the room, I am not playing that song. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, it sounds like there's so much of a relationship with you and the crowd as a whole. It's like a give and take, like, you know, be good to me, I'll be good to you. So during a night, how do you make sure you get a crowd to trust you or, or to feel you, to get on, on the ride? Because you know when you're playing a track and, and finally you feel like you've got them, like they're with yeah. you. Can you explain more about the relationship that goes on throughout a night? So I always, if I like walk into a room, a lot of times when I play here, like um, <clears throat> a lot of spots I play, like they're more like bars. I'm not doing so many, uh, well, there really just isn't like the cl- clubs here. They're, you know, I was doing one and it, um, I played there for 10 years and it, it, it just recently as of the end of last year uh, closed down and I'm doing more uh, bar spots. And like, you know, so when I get there, it's like, everybody's kind of just hanging out. So I feel like my biggest thing is when I start is to like not be even noticed the the music, you know, switched from being like house music to like me playing. And I always try to just like slowly build the energy up. And I feel like you can, you know, you can start to tell like, okay, like maybe like 45 minutes or an hour into it, like you're slowly gradually building the room up that you can be like, all right, now it's time to like, get it a little more of like that next level of like popping. And I think it's just important to like be aware of like who's in the room. And I think that, you know, like not to be like judgy, but you kind of have to be like stereotypical with when you're reading a crowd, like Mm -hmm. you kind of can be like, okay, these people are this age group. They might like this, this and that. And these are some younger people. They probably want to hear like new young music. And like, so you got to do that in a way that kind of, make sense altogether until like I think that you have to like group songs together in a way that makes sense early on or at appropriate times until like the party is like full on like popping and I think like it's like anything goes there doesn't really have to be a method to the madness as much yeah well there's a slight method in the sense of how you format and when you play a song will you yeah will you describe the unique balance of a popular song, not playing it too early and not playing it too late that comes with it. Because I know a lot of times if people request a song, you're like, hey, it's way too early to me, for me to drop that track. So we explain kind of how you format and, and certain times of night when songs are played. Yeah, so I think playing like hot songs throughout the night is kind of like, uh, it's almost like, you know, putting gas in the tank. Like you, you're, you're going to use it and kind of space out those big, big hits because they'll get the energy, you know, you're keeping the energy up, but then like you play the song and it takes the energy up a little even higher. And then, you know, you're going to follow it up and it's going to drop back down and it's going to be, you know, you're going to need to take it back up again. The, the best way I can describe it is like a roller coaster ride. You know, mm-hmm. it has its 
the the slow points going up and then it peaks when you're going down and then you know you got to go back up again to like have the fun build up and you know the drop so um so you need you need the ups and downs yeah and sometimes like i might purposely play a song to slow the vibe down just because i know the next song is going to get a bigger reaction like you you can get a bigger reaction out of older songs that are still like hits by playing something in front of it that's kind of a little more mellow and you know uh, like I think that's one of the coolest things that you can see like uh, when somebody's DJing is like when they intentionally do things like that like okay like we all know that this might be like but like then they do something next and you're like ah like that's when it's cool to hear somebody play yeah how much of your set during a night is planned out in advance and how much do you freelance with it because I know you have a general direction of where you want to go and I know you have to be able to be flexible throughout a night so for you personally how much of it is is planned out and how much of it is reading everything so when i play locally i pretty much don't plan anything mm-hmm. anymore i just go in and kind of like do my thing and like i'll make like folders uh and change them or i should say crates like within serato that you know might be like <clears throat> it might just say like uh new hits and then like every once in a while i'll go through and like delete those out of that like that way if like i'm playing through the night and i kind of like getting stuck or like forgetting to play songs i can go to that folder and like be like all right i still have all these that i can play but like the only time i really like have like um like planned sets and they're not even like planned is like if i play like a gig out of town or like a new club and i just want to make sure that like i'm doing something different i'll make like a bunch of different edits or like um and I'll kind of stick those in a folder too in the same way, like not necessarily to play all of those, but like, like to make sure I hit on those. Cause you know, I feel like at this point I've been DJing for a long time and you have too. So it's like, it's like riding a bike. We know how to get the job done and we need to trust those like instincts of how to do it. But having those like folders to fall back on is like important. Like it's just like a way to like keep the night going. Yeah. So. That's kind of my way, at least. Who are your earliest musical inspirations? First introduction to music. What was the first album that you bought? So the first album I ever had was a, um, a cassette tape that my brother gave to me, and it was the Rush Exit Stage wow, Left, so their wow. live show. So I feel like that's a pretty heavy uh, musical yeah. influence to uh, uh, Young. Uh, my brother, he, I'm so I turned 33 this week, and uh, my brother is 47. So there's there's a bit of a gap between us. Uh, but I feel like that's one of the reasons too, that like I've been exposed to a lot of music from stuff that my parents listened to the stuff that he listened to, to my older sister and, you know, then me. And so, uh, a lot of years of experience, but so rush, um, that was, um, one of the, yeah, that was the first album I ever had and it was cassette tape. And, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, it was a live recording. Um, First CD, so that was your cassette. So what was the first CD? Oh, first CD. So I think the actual first CD I ever owned was uh, one of those like WWE compilation <laughs> CDs that had like all the wrestler soundtracks. Okay. But like first uh, album I think was Beastie Boys' "Hello Nasty" was okay. the first first show you went to. 
Oh, I think the first show was, uh, I went to was like Backstreet Boys because it was on a vacation and my younger sister was like dying to see them. So like we were driving to Florida and my parents, we stopped along the way and saw them perform somewhere. But first show on my own that I went to when I was 16 was uh, Blink-182 and it was the when their self-titled album came out. It was like that tour for that show so like the one that basically everybody started to dislike them that was like super into the early stuff what is the uh inspiration for the dj name so dj name is fusamania and um so i used to play on a paintball team and uh the team was named fuse and the point of the team was kind of uh um uh, my friend has a uh, uh, back disease it's the same one mick mars has if you're familiar with it uh it's uh onkylosis spondylitis so the team um name was fused because it had a nonprofit that went along with it to spread awareness of the disease so um when i started djing i was in high school and 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 doing that and that's where the name fuse came from and then my best friend at the time that I played paintball with and grew up with. He always used to wear a Hulkamania headband yeah. when we played paintball and uh, he passed away when I was 21. So adapting the, the Fusamania um, was kind of like my way of keeping him around uh, long-term. So that's kind of, yeah. I do love wrestling, but everybody thinks that like be, it's because of wrestling. It's like, no, it just kind of worked out that way too, but has a, a little deeper meaning for me so yeah well you know that was your first cd so it does play a role <laughs> in <laughs> yeah i always feel that every year there's like four or five songs that totally crush that no matter when you play it no matter where you play it the crowd goes nuts and it, there's four or five each year and they have such a strong power over the night and those are the ones that you have to plan on when you're going to play it throughout your career which of the songs can you think back had just produced the biggest response Ooh. Uh, loudest loudest cheers biggest reactions i'm i can't think of like one over the off the top of my head like because uh, there's i feel like there's so many but like like there's so many classics that i feel like still get like that reaction like one being uh beyonce and jay-z crazy in love i feel like that one always gets like a a good reaction the one that i was just thinking of that i play all the time right now is uh uh bottoms up that mm-hmm. song like i don't know like it's been getting like a huge reaction when I play it and I just play it from like the, the, like, not like the DJ intro. I play it from like the, the regular, just like the regular intro where the, he's like, Whoa, like, and that's, and it seems like every time I play and I cut it, it goes from that to the chorus to that Nicki Minaj verse and the chorus again. How about, um, have there been situations where, you know, you've cut the sound to hear the crowd sing along? Was there one that stood out for you, like the longest or loudest of the crowd sing along? Because uh, that, when it, when it comes to like building that relationship, I always feel like if you've got that, you're like, I got him. Yeah. Right. Mr. Brightside. I feel like that one always works with that. And uh, another one that I've been playing like more recently, and when I say more recently, I'm thinking back a lot of times of <laughs> last year's sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Which is recent, a recent set for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is uh like lit my own worst enemy yeah, and like yeah. semi charm kind of life exactly. like I feel they like those perfect. two yeah yeah those <laughs> two have been like sing along ish. What's funny is like I have a folder that I play out of that's like one of my subfolders that's like just again one of my and I just have it titled like bar sing alongs. So like if I'm like up tempo or down tempo I can find stuff in there that's like more whether it's like hip hop or 
rock or, you know, uh, pop. It's like those sing-along type songs that people, um, you know, will sing along to at the bar. I'm, I'm kind of sad this year. Like, I would have loved to DJ like some of these like new songs like the Dua, Dua Lipa, Don't, Don't Start Now. I feel yeah. like that was such a cool, um, refreshing like track. Like yeah. that's kind of like disco-y, but like I felt like that would have been like a hit in the clubs. And yeah. like uh, the other one, uh, The Mood, the 24, whatever is 24 Gold or yeah, whatever yeah. their name is, Mood. I feel like that song would be like a hit like where people would like react to. Yeah, it's hard to gauge what songs were good this year because there's been songs in the in the past where you you hear a song, whatever, just in, in your headphones and it's one thing, but then you hear it in a club with the bass and you see crowds reaction, you can change your whole opinion on a song. There might be a song you were sleeping on, you see a group of people loving it and you're like, okay, I'll give it another chance. I know, I've done that so many times where I'm like, man, I didn't really care for that song and I hear somebody else play it, like a big sound system and I'm like, wow, this song is actually kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, weird one, that. one track that I've been really liking this uh, last couple months is that uh, that Drake laugh uh, laugh now cry later, but okay. it's that Thug Lie the Thug Lie. I don't know if it's like a remix or bootleg. So like he, I don't know if he did it or who like, but they took Drake's vocals and like turned them into like a talk box vocal. Okay. So where it's like, dude, that one's. That one, I think that's one of the coolest remixes I've heard in a while where I'm like, wow, he actually like did this. It adds to the song. Like he didn't overly like reproduce the song to where it sounds like a whole another song. And I, it, that one, it, I've been playing that one. That one's, that one's good. What were we thinking with the EDM era? <laughs> because so much of it is unplayable now. Oh man. So unplay. You know, what's so weird is like, it's almost like, I feel like, uh, like from my understanding, like hair metal, like hair metal, the people that were like into it or like super into it, it was just for like a little bit. And then like, they were still diehard. And like, you think of like Motley Crue, the people that love Motley Crue, like still love them and like, mm-hmm. we'll go see them. And like, that's kind of like EDM's kind of like that. The people that are like diehard about it, go to every festival. And like, it's crazy. Cause you know, pre all these shutdowns, these EDM festivals were huge still. And it's like, I mean, I'm playing like remixes and stuff, but I'm still playing it more like open format way. I'm not standing up there playing a six minute version of like, you know, whatever their song they made is, you know? And I feel like, I don't know, like it's such a weird thing. Like, cause when that was happening. It was like watching this bubble. Okay. It's getting bigger. It's getting bigger. It's getting bigger. And then like the bubble bursts. And then now it's like, we're in this weird spot. Like even like pre COVID shutdown, like all these Vegas clubs, like we're only booking people because they drew like the the name, you know? So like chain smokers, Tiesto, Aoki, like all these smaller bill guys weren't really like, if they were, they were playing like an off night, you know, in Vegas. And, you know, they would also have somebody, you know, a big Vegas DJ like shift or somebody playing with them that would probably play most of the night, you know, the headlining spot and those guys, that guy would play, you know, in maybe an hour. So it, it's so weird. Uh, what were your top 10 on the Spotify most played? Oh God, 2020. Gonna, I know we're going to have some Elton John in there, maybe some Rolling Stones. So I'm excited for this because I, uh, I also got a feeling that when you're away from the club, when you're away from work, you're not listening to that. You're not listening to different stuff. You're listening. You're not listening to hip hop and, and EDM. You're, you're chilling. 
little more oh. rock, especially someone who started with Rush. So I'm really curious to see what your top songs were. All right. So my top song for this year is uh, Foy Vance, London City Live. Wow. Uh, so do you know uh, Foy Vance? I don't know it. This is interesting. Yeah. So he is a, uh, he's an Irish guy. Um, he's like low-key famous because he uh, he's like been the co-writer of a lot of uh, Ed Sheeran songs. Okay. Um, but he is uh, that wow. song particularly is which was the top one? London City Live. Okay. okay. Uh, that song, his voice, and just like him, uh, I love that kind of stuff. Very cool. Uh, I love when I don't know music, you know. And I think, you know, uh, as we're always used to saying when someone says, you know, the song we're always programmed to say, oh yeah, we know it. But I love not knowing songs. I, one of my favorite things is like falling in love with like, like finding new old yeah. stuff or like stuff that I just don't know about. Um, Going down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my second most listened to song this year, which is weird, but uh, is Black Crow. She talks to angels. Wow. Uh, um, this one's going to, uh, this next one's going to kill me um, is uh, it's the embarrassing factor. The guilty pleasure is uh, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper music oh, to my wow. eyes from that, uh, that um, the movie they did. I thought that soundtrack was really good. And I, I give Bradley Cooper like a lot of props for like, not only writing the movie, you know, writing the screenplay, directing yeah. it, learning how to play an instrument, singing like doing all the stuff to play a role i was like man that's like dedication like yeah. i i feel like i like to give myself credit like oh i could do a lot of things but man i don't know if i had that like in me yeah. like uh the next song is rolling stones wild horses okay the next song is band of horses the funeral next one is ray lamontaine jolene Ed Sheeran, Dive, Rolling Stones, Beast of a Burden. You like a lot more of the the kind of the chill, down tempo rock. Yeah, that's 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 a lot. Like I feel like I'm always listening to like the crazy stuff. So like when I just get to like chill, I just need to like really chill. But I do like a lot of other stuff too. Like I love going to uh, um, like punk shows. Like uh, Less Than Jake is like. Uh, one of my favorite shows to go see. I when I was in Ireland last year, I saw the Interrupters uh, in Belfast, which was really cool. Uh, so a lot of it's just like mood too. I like a lot of that stuff, but just because I'm listening to music so much all the time, I feel like the chill stuff is where I gravitate to. Yeah, I got a playlist called Late Night Drive. So after a night of working and you making the long drive home, it's it's the Beatles, it's Lana Del Rey, it's just uh, maybe a little bit of the Strokes, just chilling, just to kind of get away from yeah it. all right i didn't have this one on the list but uh after we chatted about baseball i wanted to ask you and i make i make it a point to ask people this question in different cities cincinnati what is the mount rushmore of athletes that played in cincinnati that represent your city well i feel like we can't and, and you can't put joe burrow in there yet he's not yeah. He's, <laughs> yeah uh yeah i'm still like i think joe burrow is great uh but i feel like NFL wise, like he's still going to be up against a lot, especially yeah. now being here playing for the Bengals. Unfortunately, he uh, got a, got a unlucky draw there, but yeah. uh, I think Pete Rose is probably definitely on yeah. there, even though like he's, you know, the controversy yeah. with him, but like, as far as what the guy did on, on the field, I think hands down, he would, he belongs on there. I think, um, 
I mean, I think Chad Johnson's got to be on there too. I think that yeah, he as far as like an uh, an athlete, like he was great, and as far as an entertainer, he was even better. You yeah, know? made you guys relevant. Um, yeah, it would be amazing to see him in the game now with like you know uh, not being fined for all these mm-hmm. you know end zone dances and stuff because that guy was taking hits each week from all that that stuff yeah. he was doing uh of course like all the big red machine players uh you know um joe morgan and joe morgan um johnny bench uh uh you know all those guys um um one of the first ones that popped in my mind was actually like eric davis oh eric davis yeah definitely uh and then, and then outside chance of Boomer Esiason? I don't know. Boomer, yeah. Barry Larkin probably too. Larkin, yeah. Another, another uh, good one. Um, uh, yeah. And I guess uh, if you went a, if you went for a brief throwback, you could probably say Oscar Robertson. Sure. Definitely. That's who I was thinking of. I was like, basketball. Who was it? Uh, yeah. Oscar Robinson. Definitely. Um, and I even like, uh, even though his, uh, you know, his NBA career wasn't huge. His, his, when he was here as Kenyon Martin, I mean, that era of UC basketball was like big here. I mean, everybody was watching Yeah, at that time. So he was dominant and he was cool. Like, yeah, that's right. That's a good call too. There's a lot more than I thought was Cincinnati. That's a harder choice. Yeah. And now, um, now we just got the soccer here, the MLS team. So, uh, they were officially, uh, MLS last season and this, this, so two years and then they had to build a stadium. So the stadium is done this, this coming season. So they'll be in the new stadium. So that'll be another, so we've got the basketball or I'm sorry, the baseball, the football, now soccer. We also have a, I think it's EHL hockey team. Okay. Um, that's here that, I probably go to just as many of those games as I go to baseball games just because like the tickets are cheap and it's, yeah. it's right down um, by like the fun bars and uh, the baseball stadium. It's all the baseball football and that hockey arena are all right there in a row by each other. Um, cool. So uh, a lot of people go to those games, especially during the week when they do like dollar hot dogs and dollar okay. beers for someone visiting Cincinnati for the first time. I hope to be doing it in person myself later this year to watch my Tigers play. But for someone visiting Cincinnati for the first time, what are your recommendations, places to go, food and drink they have to have? So I would definitely, you know, tell people to come, uh, you know, spring to, I would just say baseball season, come then so you can go to a game. I think, excuse me, going to one of the games at that stadium is really cool um, compared to from other friends, compared to uh, when they come in town, they're like, I can't believe how inexpensive you know uh this is compared to like other cities and um the stadium's just really neat the organization has done a good job of like trying to keep things family friendly there but also make it fun for adults you know they have like you know you can take your kid to one area and then there's like a budweiser bar out and like the sun deck that you can like go and hang out at and like it, it they just did a really good job and one of the cool things is they try to do something new each season to the stadium too, like something new, add something new. So I think that's really cool. Um, there's a, uh, 
largest historic neighborhood in the United States is uh, in Cincinnati and it's called over the Rhine. And uh, it's been like being like uh, gentrified as some people might say, like, uh, but there's a lot of cool like restaurants and things to do and like bars and like, it's going to be that more like kind of like hipster feeling, but like at the same time, like, it's all really cool because the architecture in that area is neat and historical and it's called over the Rhine because there was a lot of German people that settled in Cincinnati and uh, the canal went through the city. And if you lived north of uh, the canal, you were over the Rhine, like the Rhine <laughs> river in Germany. So that's kind of a little bit of the, the why it's called that, but that's um, a neat thing to do. And then across, you know, right across the rivers, Kentucky, and they've got some cool things. There's like a historic main Strauss village, which is like another uh, cool area of like restaurants and bars. And, and um, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, if people came on a weekend and they just went to a, a game and kind of just walked around downtown and OTR, they'd, they'd be like, Oh, this place is cool. There's a lot to do here. You know, it's funny because like, I feel like I've traveled quite a bit and there's so many people that are like, Oh, I hate Cincinnati. Ohio sucks. And like this and that. And I'm like, I think it's pretty cool. Like I've grown to like it more the more I've traveled too, because I'm like, Oh, I can see like little bits of like other cities within my city now, you yeah. know? And a great area, a great region for college basketball as well. So if you, if you don't make it during baseball season, catch a college basketball. Yeah, and that's you see uh, the where they play is if you stayed downtown, it would literally be like not even a ten minute drive up to where that university is. So it's uh, and then Xavier's here, Xavier University. So then they've got good college basketball too. As we are in two thousand twenty one, future goals, projects, plans for the year. Who? My goal is just to try to stay alive in terms of uh, keeping the DJ business afloat. And, uh, um, you know, um, I would like to do more of like producing. Um, I've done some of that. Um, I would like to not in terms of like trying to make like song hits or like be an EDM producer, but like there are so many avenues to making money with music and production. And I would just like to get into a little uh, more of that, whether it's, you know, um, just making stuff that, you know, you might hear in the background of a commercial versus like, you know, uh, like trying to make hit songs, like, you know, uh, having more of a successful career in the music industry. And when I say that, some people think, oh, he wants to be famous. That's not what I mean at all. It's more just like, uh, increasing the cash flow streams in different ways other than DJing. You yeah. Know. Being sustainable as well. Yeah. How can people stay up to date with your career and, and do you have any projects that people should be aware of? Um, at the moment, I, I don't have any real new projects besides like, you know, the DMS stuff and, and fit radio. Will you and, talk uh, more about DMS and fit radio? Oh, sure. Uh, DMS is a record pool. Um, if, anybody listening doesn't know what a record pool is it's basically essentially where djs will um get their music from and they pay a subscription fee and then all the music is in one spot and they can download it and we provide a service to the music with whether that's adding intros or outros to make the songs mixable um or like custom edits that might have like wordplay or transitions that'll get you from one tempo to another tempo in a matter of one song versus what might take you you know play 20 songs to get to a different tempo. Um, 
So uh, with them, I do editing. Um, I run the blog now. I run their social media. Um, or I should say help run it. Sometimes I'm not always doing it, but uh, I do a lot of it. And um, um, yeah, it's a lot uh, just in general to keep up with. And then with Fit Radio, I make mixes for them. And um, I'm sure it's the same with you. They uh, kind of hit me up and say, hey, we need this mix and we don't want these songs in it. And that can be kind of challenging too at times. Uh, but I'm so fortunate to have both of those things during all this because you know, it's really what's been able to keep things going um, for me. And uh, it's been such a weird time. Like people have been like, well, why don't, haven't you used the time to do more? And it's like, I would have loved to, but like mentally it's been such like a straining, like it's hard to be creative when you're not seeing the, like the light of, of when am I going to get to do this or when, you know, um, for me, it's like the finish line with all this has changed so much. It was like, okay, we're going to be two weeks. Okay, a month. Oh, oh, wait till summertime. And then it's like, now we're waiting for a vaccine. And it's like, okay, the vaccine's here. And it's like, well, even with the vaccine, you're still going to need to social distance and wear a mask. And it's like, what the F is going on? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and that's hard for me to like be creative and like want to be excited when there's like so much unknown. So I would have loved to be doing a lot more. Um, but it's just been that part's been a struggle for me and I know for other people too. And then there's other people that have really used this time to do more and props to them because uh, it's been a struggle. Like just as terms of like, just not knowing when, you know, and it's hard. Like people, people don't understand the, like, you know, this is all I've done since basically I got out of high school. It's been my living. It's been my, income and it's hard you know when you've worked so hard for something and to get where you've got and then it's just been basically essentially taken from you and deemed non-essential so um it's been a struggle of a year for sure but i feel like you know everything will come out better and we'll appreciate it more when we're in those moments that we are missing right now well, awesome, David, man. I'm excited for 2021 to see you get back back into performing and see what you got next. I'm on creativity going. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Love what you're doing and uh, hope to talk to you again. Thanks. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Much appreciation to David. Be sure to give him a follow on social media and then check him out on Fit Radio. He's got a lot of amazing mixes on there. Perfect for whatever mindset you like at the gym. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento. <laughs>